Thank you for joining us for our Bible study. This is Pastor Landon Davis. We'll be reading Luke chapter 10 from the World English Bible. Now after these things, the Lord also appointed 70 others and sent them two by two ahead of him into every city and place where he was about to come. Then he said to them, The harvest is indeed plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray therefore to the Lord of the harvest that he may send out laborers into his harvest. Go your ways. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Carry no purse, nor wallet, nor sandals. Greet no one on the way. Into whatever house you enter, first say, Peace be to this house. If a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in that same house, eating and drinking the things they give, for the laborer is worthy of his wages. Don't go from house to house. Into whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat the things that are set before you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them God's kingdom has come near to you. But into whatever city you enter and they don't receive you, go out into its streets and say, Even the dust from your city that clings to us we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that God's kingdom has come near to you. I tell you it will be more tolerable in that day for Sodom than for that city. Woe to you, Chorazins! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works that had been done in Tyre and Sidon, which were done in you, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the judgment than for you. You, Capernaum, you are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. Whoever listens to you, listens to me. And whoever rejects you, rejects me. Whoever rejects me, rejects him who sent me. The seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. He said to them, I saw Satan having falling having fallen like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing will in any way hurt you. Nevertheless, don't rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Jesus had first invested himself in his inner circle of 12 disciples and had commissioned them and sent them out and the movement had grown and now his circle widens to include 70 and then he commissions and sends them out by pairs and this is the biblical pattern. We don't see people scripturally, especially in the New Testament, going and uh, operating as lone operatives, establishing works or serving by themselves, but there was always this community of believers. And so they went with expectations and Jesus told them there's a harvest to be had and so your prayer is to pray for more labors they went as lambs and they carried with them their blessings as they would enter into someone's house they would bless that house and if there was someone there worthy to receive it they would receive it and they carried with them the peace of God and and then he provided everything else that they needed and so they were trusting God and God was responding to their faith and moved powerfully through their ministry. The 70 were accepted to accept blessings and provisions from the people as they went. And the justification was that a laborer is worthy of his wage. A minister should feel no more remorse for earning a living with ministry 
than any other laborer does when he supports himself with his paycheck. They weren't to go from one house to another. This wasn't a corporate ladder where you keep looking for a better opportunity and advancing, but they were to be content with the one that had opened his home to them, and they would come in, and they would base out of that to minister into a city. They were to be grateful for whatever blessings were provided for them in that field of labor, and they were expected to do his work. Now, if they went to do the work of God and a city didn't receive them, they then that city was not just rejecting the messenger, but was turning their back on the kingdom of God. And the Lord said they will answer for that in judgment, and their judgment will be worse than some of these cities that were notorious like Sodom for God's wrath that had been poured out on them. Jesus pronounced woes over the cities that had rejected his messengers, and he said to reject a messenger sent from God was the same as rejecting Christ himself. And so the 70 went and the Lord uh, ministered through them. And so they came back praising God because of the power that God had given them and the miracles that he had done. Jesus responded to their testimony, their praise report, by saying, I saw Satan fallen like lightning from heaven. Now, some people believe that this refers to a distant past when Satan was cast down, but in context, Jesus is responding to the testimonies of his ministers. And so I wonder, is it possible that he was instead describing what he saw in the spirit realm as their ministry broke through and pulled down the strongholds of the one that the Bible describes as the prince and the power of the air. We certainly know that Satan's kingdom was coming down as the kingdom of God advanced, and Satan was absolutely powerless to stop it. They had power that was given to them over all of the evil forces and evil spirits. And it's much the same today. Satan engages fiercely in battles, but we know that the war is already decided. And so with every message we preach, with every testimony we share, with every prayer that we pray, with every conversion when someone is born again of water and spirit and becomes a new creature in Christ— it advances the kingdom of God, and Satan's kingdom continues to crumble as in weak and is weakened further. Uh, demonstrations of God's power should be expected in the church. In the church, we should see restoration. We should see deliverance. We should see the, the miracle power of God at work. And so if you've ever been used by God and a after when you reflect on it, it's such an exhilarating feeling to know that God used you for his glory. But Jesus reminds them, if you're going to rejoice, the most important thing is that you rejoice over the fact that your name is written down in heaven. And this is a, a kind of a theme I see in this chapter as the Lord keeps bringing people back to get their priorities aligned over what is truly the most important. Let's go ahead to verse number 21. In that same hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for it was well-pleasing in your sight. Turning to the disciples, he said, All things have been delivered to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and he to whomever the Son desires to reveal him. 
Turning to the disciples, he said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see the things that you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see the things which you see and didn't see them and to hear the things which you hear and didn't hear them. So after telling his disciples to rejoice over their salvation, Jesus then rejoices over them as well. And God reveals his truth, we see, not to those that are wise by the world's standards, but to those who have humility and faith like a child. And so he says the disciples were blessed to be a part of the kingdom and and the hour that they were in, they were seeing things and hearing things that men had longed for. And it was all the Lord's doing in their day. And so he said when men would see the Father, when he revealed him to them, Christ came to reveal the Father. Men knew of God, but they didn't really know God. But the Father was uh, personified. He was the image of God was given to us. The glory of God was seen in the face of Jesus Christ. And so Christ revealed the Father. So in Christ, you could see the holiness of God and the righteousness of God and the grace of God and even the love of God were revealed. On the other hand, the true identity of Christ that this this anointed man was more than just a man, but he was God manifest in the flesh for the purpose of redemption. This was not understood by anyone other than God himself. And so um, Christ would reveal God to them and then... Um, and, and so they would see the Father in Christ, and then the Father would open their eyes, and they would, at some point, get a fuller understanding of who Christ was. Verse 25, Behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law, and how do you read it? He answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. He said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, asked Jesus, Who is my neighbor? Jesus answered, A certain man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, who both stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. By chance, a certain priest was going down that way. When he saw him, he passed by on the other side. In the same way, a Levite also, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he traveled, came where he was. And when he saw him, he was moved with compassion, came to him, and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. He set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the host, and said to him, Take care of him. Whatever you spend beyond that, I will repay you when I return. Now which of these three do you think seemed to be a neighbor to him who fell among the robbers? He said, He who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. This is an interesting question because Jesus is asked directly, what does it take to receive eternal life? Of course, we know the short answer is faith, but what's the practical application to that? What does it actually mean to have faith? As we continue our study throughout the New Testament, we're going to find that it, faith is 
clearly defined. A true saving faith requires our allegiance. It also requires our obedience to God. Uh, it, it requires our obedient actions even and doing the Lord's will. That's what it means to believe. And so Jesus affirmed that eternal life required for us to love God and our neighbors. And then he told Jesus, or then Jesus told the man, I'm sorry, that he would have to go and do that if he was going to live. There was something he had to do. If you love God, you're going to have to show it in some way. And so there was an implication when Jesus said this, that somehow this man was falling short. And so the man tried to justify himself. Jesus said, if you'll go love God and your neighbor, you're going to live. And so the man said, well, who exactly is my neighbor? And this is when Jesus told the parable that we commonly call the Good Samaritan. Remember, the Samaritan and the Jews had centuries-old animosity. Uh, there was a lot of hatred, a lot of racism, a lot of jealousy and envy. Uh, there had been years of struggle and strife. And so they would have hardly considered themselves to be neighbors. Uh, the priest and the Levite, if you'll think of the parable that was given, uh, the Jews would have identified these men as righteous men doing the work of God. Yet, when they saw someone in need, they passed by without offering any help. The Samaritan, on the other hand, was the one who understandably could have lacked compassion, but instead he showed mercy. This is one that was loving his neighbor. Verse 38, as they went on their way, he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. She had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she came up to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister left me to serve alone? Ask her, therefore, to help me. Jesus answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. Now, the previous story, Jesus had spoke to a lawyer. Uh, a, a, the lawyers were students of the law, of the law of Moses, of the word of God. And he had pointed that lawyer to the key passages and the application of them that was necessary to fulfill the purpose of the law. Uh, there's no point in arguing the finer details if you miss the very purpose of the law itself. And so here we see Jesus reminding his friend Martha of what was most important. And so similar to what he did with the lawyer, he he's getting priorities in line. He says, you're busy and that's honorable, but you've got caught up in, in doing what's required of a host that you missed out on the most important thing, the guest. And, and did she ever have a special guest? She could have been there at Jesus' feet hearing the very words of life, but she had got caught up in the cares of life. What Martha needed is exactly what we need, and that's communion with our Lord. We have to strive to serve God absolutely. We have to strive to obey his commands absolutely. Uh, we rejoice if we're blessed with the demonstration of the Holy Ghost and power of God absolutely. But never remember that at the core, this is all about our relationship with God, living it out with other people, and having our names written in heaven, just being right with God. That's really what this comes back to. So let's pray right now that the Lord would help us in these crazy times we live in and the hectic pace of the world.
world today, that we can keep our priorities in line and that we'll live a life that's pleasing to the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word today. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would touch everyone that will listen to this podcast, that you would order our steps, lead us, guide us, Lord. Help us to to keep our focus on the things that are most important. Help us to live a life that's pleasing to you. Help us to show your love to others. And, And Father, I pray that we would feel such a closeness and a nearness to you. I pray it all in the name of Jesus. God bless. Thank you for listening. Join us again tomorrow.